Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. So he goes on in verse 12, he says, not as Cain, he says, love one another. But he says, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil. Notice, God just says it. He, that his works were evil and his brothers are righteous. I am Hi everyone, we're so glad you could join us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, as a negative example, John presents Cain, who was not right with God because his works were evil and he hated his brother. When there are two children of God who are both right with God, there will be love. We can presume that Cain had a godly upbringing that should have equipped him to love, but he chose not to pursue it. Cain's disobedience came from a lack of faith, which resulted in first disobedience, then hatred. It's easy to fall into that trap in our lives. So maybe that's why John spoke so much about loving one another. And now, let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Let's open our Bibles this morning to 1 John. We've been in 1 John for quite a, well, not quite a while, but we've been here. And we've been parked in chapter 3 uh, for quite a while, and I don't apologize for that because chapter three is is just filled with uh, love. I mean, it's really where the apostle John he's really called the apostle of love, and he wants to get across to us how important love really is and all of its manifestations of love. And so let's read, if we would, in our Bibles, uh, chapter three. We're going to pick up in verse ten and go right to the end of the chapter. But let me just read this. In fact, why don't we stand together? Why don't we stand together and we'll read this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, it says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother, And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. And he who does not love his brother abides in death. And whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 
But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. Here it is. You ready? That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandment abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Father, we thank you for this word, and we pray that, Lord, you'd break it down into our hearts right now and just help us to be children of God and children of love. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's be seated. Let's go back to verse 10 here. It says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest, and whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. This word manifest, uh, speaking in the children of God, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. The idea here is that they are plainly recognized. They're known. A, A tree is known by its fruit, and we are known whether we are a child of God or a child of the devil. Because of our actions. Our actions show us really where the root is. If our, if the root of us is Christ, then our life is going to be dominated by Him. And thus righteousness will flow from our lives. Love will come from us. But if our heart is, if the root of our heart is bitterness, if the heart of our, uh, the root of our heart, excuse me, is of the devil, then there's going to be nothing of love. It's just going to be malice. It's just going to be anger. It's going to be frustration. It's going to be basically what we see in the world today. It's going to be all of those things. But notice, it it kind of brings us back to verse 7 where John says, He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous. The idea is someone who habitually works in such a way, lives their life where righteousness is shown in and through their lives. And really, that's the thing. As a child of God, we don't continue to sin. We are sinners. We are saved by grace, and we continue to sin, not because we, we don't do it habitually. We may not do it, um, uh, you know, you know, wanting to sin. There may be times where you're tempted and you do fall into sin, but we know that the provision is there to be forgiven and for our relationship with Jesus to be restored, right? That's what 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 through 10 is all about. If we confess our sins, when we do, notice he says, if we confess our sins, the idea is that you're going to sin from time to time. We confess and we are sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it's quite the opposite for somebody who is not born of God. If you're not born again, your heart is given over to the enemy of this world, the enemy of your soul, Satan. You may not be possessed of the devil, thank God, most people aren't. But you're influenced by him and your thoughts are of, of the devil. Your thoughts are anti-Christ. But somebody who walks in that way and, 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 and the pattern of their life shows where they're at. You can see where they're walking. If you see the rut that they're walking in, it's a well-worn rut that they're walking in and they're always doing bad things, there's a pretty good idea that they're probably not one of God's children. But a child of God has more of a pattern of righteousness in their life, occasionally falling, but not living in a habitual, constant, habitual, constant sin. Does that make a, does that, does that make sense? 
It's about a habit. It's about something that you do. Now, you, some of you may be going through habitual sins that the Lord is going to deliver you from. It doesn't mean that you're not born again. It just means you're in the battle now. And you know, you're aware of those things. And you keep confessing and you keep coming to the Lord. Don't let the devil condemn you. The Holy Spirit himself will confirm in your heart that you're a child of God if you are a child of God. But when you mess up, you get on your knees and you confess it, right? Isn't that what we ought to do? That's what I need to do. It's what you need to do. Notice in verse 11, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We've heard this so much in this chapter, uh, in this uh, chapter of John, because again, he's just really hammering home on this idea of love. In Second John, uh, verse 5 and 6, it says, but that which we have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. And he said, this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. So it's something that we need to walk in. It's, it's purposeful, isn't it? It's not something we do um, by mistake. Do you realize that most of our life is just autopilot? I don't know if you feel that way, but do you ever feel like you're on autopilot? You're just kind of going through the motions. A lot of our jobs can be like that. You know, you can go to your job, and especially if it's a mechanical job where you're just, you know, like in the old days, they don't have these in Detroit and Flint anymore in Michigan, but, you know, you could be on the on the lines putting cars together, and you got your drill, and you got the a box of bolts, and your job is to put the, the, the hub right on that, on that, on that axle. So you're just going to slide that thing on, and then next thing, you know, you do about 300 of those a day. It's autopilot. But in life, the most important things are done deliberately. Deliberately. And love is one of those things. See, God didn't just, He was active in His love toward us. He didn't just say, He didn't just talk about it. He demonstrated it. He demonstrated love in that He came on the cross to die for you and I when we were lost in our transgressions and sin, right? I was hopelessly lost, and he rescued me. I didn't ask him. He invaded my life. Can you believe that? He'd have the audacity to invade my life when I was happy in my sin. I was happy wallowing around in the mess that I created. Miserable, but it was a familiar mess. And God says, you don't even know what you're missing, son. I'm so glad that he, like me and like you as well, he invaded my life. Aren't you glad he invaded your life? I'm so glad he's not fair. He's just, but he's not fair. Aren't you glad? I love that. I love that. So this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And, you know, when you think of the golden rule, we have all heard the golden rule. It's in Matthew 7, verse 12. It says this, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. This is the golden rule. And then James would go on later and he would say, here is a royal law. Here, here's a royal law. We got the golden rule and here's the royal law and it is this. In James 2 verse 8 it says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, and he gives it, he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well, but if you show partiality you commit sin and are convinced by the law as transgressors. The royal law to love one another. And that's the, the thing that John is just hammering home. Love God and love one another. And if you do that and you love and do unto others as you would have them do unto you, what a wonderful world it could be. Right? That just literally happened. I don't know where that came from. Probably wasn't good, but, but you know, it's a, it's love. Love. What a wonderful world it would be if we all, in the whole world, think of how different it would be. How different would it be? 
So he goes on in verse 12, he says, not as Cain, he says, love one another. But he says, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil. Notice, God just says it, that his works were evil and his brothers are righteous. You recall in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 13, that Peter was on the house of uh, Simon the Tanner's house. And a voice came to him and says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. This The sheet had been lowered down in, in which all these different kinds of animals and unclean animals and clean animals. And Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice said to him the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now, while it is true that we shouldn't call common what God has cleansed, it is also true that we shouldn't call righteous what God has called unrighteous. Uh, You look at this verse, God calls Cain of the wicked one. Of the wicked one. And it's interesting today that people, well-meaning people, or maybe not, they, they try to make Cain to look like, to be like some victim, like, oh, it's, you know, God, you're so hard on him. You know, he's just a man. He's just a man, and you're so hard on him. And God's like, no, he's a murderer, and he's of his father, the devil. <laughs> right? That's what he says. And you know, sometimes, you know, um, we can try to smooth things out for God. And, and, you know, people like Judas Iscariot, you know, horrible what happened to him. But it was his decision. God never made that decision for him. He made the decision. And yet there are people who try to smooth over the rough spots of people like Cain and people like Judas Iscariot. But Jesus says, the Spirit of God says, these men were of the wicked one, period. But you're not very compassionate, Lord. We, we just want to say that they were just, you know... Not very kind, and you know, there was a possibility. No, the Bible doesn't say that, does it? See, we have to get to the place, especially in a culture as weird as ours is, we need to be able to call things for what they are, not to be judgmental. But when you see something bad, it's okay to call it bad. When you see something bad within yourself, it's okay to call it bad. When you see something bad that's going on in something else, don't be afraid to call it bad. You don't have to bash it. You can pray about it. We don't have to judge. We've messed that word up. You are to be a fruit inspector. First in your own life. But we aren't to condemn people. Because God didn't condemn anyone. He gave Judas an opportunity right to the end. He gave Cain an opportunity. How many times did Cain see his brother sacrificing an animal? Where did he get that from? He learned it from his parents, Adam and Eve. As they would sacrifice, as they saw God sacrificing the animal after they had sinned and then clothed them with the skin of the animal, God was, God showed them the gospel right there in the, in the, in the, in the garden. And then they started sacrificing lambs after, after the fall. So Adam, or, you know, Cain saw this and he saw his brother doing the same thing. And one day they brought an offering. It's recorded for us in Genesis 4. He brings an offering. Cain brings this beautiful fruit basket with nuts and berries and a little tube of summer sausage from Hillshire Farms. And Abel brings of the flock of the lamb. And it was a bloody sacrifice, wasn't it? I would have much preferred to receive the basket with the cheese and the Hillshire fire sausage, right? But God looks at that and he says, I accept that, but I, I cannot accept that. Cain, why did you offer that when you've grown up knowing this is the method, this is the way. This is the way to bring an offering before me. Why is it that you decided all of a sudden to bring the best flowers and the the best arrangements, the best fruit? 
It wasn't that God wasn't thankful for his hard work. That was, that was a known deal. But he knew the prescribed manner, and he willfully chose something different. And he murdered his brother, slaughtering him. Literally, the, the language says that he actually cut his throat, just like they would cut the throat of the lamb when they would sacrifice it. And Cain walked up to his brother out in the field, probably took out a knife, and did that to his brother. Slaughtered him just like he saw the lamb slaughtered before in their family. Killed him just like they killed the sacrifice. See what God does with that. And then God says, why is your brother's blood crying out from the ground, Cain? Again, God didn't need information, but he's drawing him out. But but Cain was of his father, the devil. He wasn't of God. He proved it by his actions. And God knows the heart. Perhaps he'd been thinking about this for some time. See, there's a lot in the Bible that we, we, we can't form doctrine around stuff that we don't know that's not there. But time goes by, doesn't it? This is a condensed truth, isn't it? There could have been years where they were sacrificing lambs and bringing in offerings, and all of a sudden, they're like, Cain's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> the rebellion of the heart of man. Let's go to verse 13. This is where we're picking up. It says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. And the world, the word hates here is really interesting. It's miseo. And it literally means to hate with, a, with, with, to detest. It's a, it's a hatred. It's a hatred. You know, when you think about the world systems that we, uh, that are in the world today, many of them are influenced by the spirit of Antichrist. Anti doesn't necessarily have to mean against Christ. It can also mean in place of Christ. And actually, that's what the devil likes to do now, is not so much be forwardly against Christ. He likes to come alongside of him and and, and offer something in place of him. We're not going to say anything bad about him, but this is better. This path is better. This is the way to true enlightenment. If you really want to know the deep things of God, then you've got to buy this book, and you've got to come visit me. And you gotta do this, and you gotta buy my books, and you gotta buy my DVDs, and watch my YouTube videos. It's a spirit that detests Jesus, His Word, and actually those that are His. Detests everything that is pure, and that is right. And without the witness of the Spirit of God within a person, there is only room for the here and now. There's only room for survival of the fittest. There's only room for might makes right. And there's only room for just gathering a bunch of people for the cause, whatever that cause is. That's all the world can do. And so because of this, don't be surprised or taken aback if the world hates you or detests you. We are living in a world that is given over to the wicked one. He's called the ruler of this world. It tells us that over and over in Scripture. In John chapter 12, verse 31. John chapter 14, verse 30. John chapter 16, verse 11. It says, I will no longer talk much with you, Jesus said to his disciples on that night before he was crucified, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Nothing in me. The ruler of this world, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, says that the devil is the ruler of this world. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, again, the devil, remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, again the devil took him up to an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And the devil said to Jesus, all these, all these things I will give to you if you would just fall down and worship me. And notice that Jesus didn't argue with him. Uh, excuse me, I created the world. Sorry. No, Jesus knew very well that he created all things. The Bible tells us that very clearly. He was he created all things. 
by him and for him were they created. He didn't argue with the devil. He knew that there was a time on this earth, and it's still going on right now, where he is the ruler of this world. God ultimately is the Lord of all the earth, right? Isn't that what Psalm 24 says? The earth, the heaven, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. That is true, but for a season, the devil has the deed in his hand. But he's going to be evicted when Jesus returns. He's going to take that back out of his hands. I thank you very much. It never belonged to you to begin with. And you're, you owe me a lot of rent. But he is the ruler of this world. But notice, turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, the author of this epistle and the author of the gospel we're looking at right now. John chapter 15, we're going to look at verse 18. And this is speaking, uh, Jesus is speaking on the night of his capture to the twelve. And this is immediately after they left the upper room, that last supper. And they're probably heading from the upper room down into the Kidron Valley, up into Gethsemane. And one of the places we're going to go when we go to Israel is Gethsemane, and you'll see that if you're if you're going on the trip. We we have a worship service over there. It's wonderful. But notice in verse 18, Jesus said to them, He says, If the world hates you, and it's the same word that's in our verse today in First John chapter 3, if the world hates you, if it detests you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Folks, remember that. It hated him before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Now, you have to underline this because this is so amazing. The word love here is phileo. You know that the best... Um, Greek word for love is agape. That's self-sacrificing love. That's the love that God shows, that he demonstrates. But phileo love is a much baser love. It's, it's, a, it's a love, but it's a love between people. It's, it's like a friendly kind of thing. But notice what Jesus said. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. The word love there is phileo. Because the world cannot love in agape. Only the children of God, you and I, can have any kind of love of agape in us. The world doesn't even know it exists. All they know is about eros. They, they know about sexual love. They know about brotherly love, but that's pretty much it. But when it comes to self-sacrificing, benevolent love, they are clueless most of the time. So the world cannot agape. It phileos. It phileos. It's just brotherly love. You know, it says in biology there are three different relationships that living organisms have with each other. There's mutualism. Here's a, a biology lesson for free. There's mutualism, there's commensalism, and parasitism. And the world lives really on the mutualism plane. And the idea of that is mutualism is where both parties benefit from each other and and, and their relationship with one another. Mutualism, mutually, they're benefited. Commensalism is where one benefits and the other one is not affected, or is not affected, but is not benefited. And then parasitism is when you actually have a parasite where the parasite benefits, but you really do not benefit. The the parasite actually hurts you, takes something away, so you can see it. But in the world, it's just mutualism. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's what we call quid pro quo. That's what it is. You know, the world hates it when I wear my Jesus is God shirt. As I walk around Penfield, as I go to my place, wherever I go, or Jesus is Lord, they, they hate those shirts. You know, the world hates it when we talk about Jesus. The world hates it when I share scriptures that speak against all sexual sin, all sexual sin. The world hates it when I tell them that God is pro-life. The world hates it when I share scriptures that speak against laziness and lack of self-control because it exposes our nature, doesn't it? 
It exposes the old nature. And you don't be surprised. That's why Jesus said, don't be shocked. With- I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.